Chapter Three, Part Eight of Guide to the Study of the Christian Religion. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Eva Easton. Guide to the Study of the Christian Religion, edited by Gerald Burney Smith. Chapter Three, Part Eight. The Study of the Old Testament and of the Religion of Israel. Introduction. The primary purpose in the study of the writings of the Hebrews is the discovery of the exact thoughts which the writers themselves desire to express. The task of interpretation is not a simple one, even when writer and interpreter belong to the same race, speak the same language, live in the same age, and have the same background of history and civilization. When none of these advantages are to the credit of the interpreter, his work is rendered immeasurably more difficult. In proportion as these racial, linguistic, and sociological barriers can be removed or surmounted, the interpreter may hope for success in his attempt to enter into the thought of the author. But just as the only way to learn to swim is by swimming, so the interpreter of the Old Testament must gain his equipment for interpretation in the main from the very literature that he is to interpret. Aside from the larger Semitic literature, of which the Old Testament forms a part, and to which it constitutes in itself the easiest and most natural approach, there is no source whence the interpreter may derive the point of view, the linguistic skill, the anthropological approach, and the historical knowledge requisite to the successful prosecution of the work of interpretation. This larger Semitic sphere is similarly segregated, and cannot be understood or appreciated from the outside. Its interpreter, too, must learn to interpret by interpreting. Under these circumstances, the practical method of procedure for one who wishes to gain the best possible understanding of the Old Testament is to start work at once upon the Old Testament itself. Through the gate thus opened, let him pass on into other fields of Semitic thought and come back from these into the Old Testament again better able to understand and appreciate it by reason of the breadth of vision and standards for comparison obtained in the larger semitic world the first step on the way to mastery of the contents of the old testament is to take up the study of the hebrew language in which all of it except certain chapters in ezra and daniel is written this work of translation will inevitably involve comparison with the earlier translations into Greek, Syriac, Latin, etc., and it will drive the zealous translator farther afield into the cognate languages, Assyrian, Arabic, Ethiopic, etc., that he may discover there the meanings of words and phrases upon which the Old Testament itself throws insufficient light. But, 
when all legitimate aids to translation have been exhausted there will remain many passages which still defy interpretation or translation many of these will raise the question of the validity of the textual tradition and the translator will find himself forced to enter upon the science of textual criticism he must endeavor to restore the original text by elimination of its errors before he can with satisfaction undertake the task of translation when the work of textual criticism and translation has been completed the task of literary criticism remains the function of this discipline is to enable us to evaluate aright the document that lies before us it enables us to place it in its proper literary category to determine whether it is the work of one or of many hands to fix its appropriate date to discover its historical and social background and to learn its author's purpose and point of view with these facts in our possession we are ready to undertake detailed interpretation of the document we are able to put ourselves in the author's place and see the people to whom he addressed his message and the occasion which called it forth his words take on new meaning and his message becomes vital we pass from this consideration of documents as such to the more comprehensive science of history on the basis of the documents properly analyzed classified dated and interpreted we proceed to reconstruct the historical experience of israel we trace the course of her economic social and political development we relate her development to that of the oriental world in general in the same way the religious development is traced from its earliest and most primitive stage as merely one of the minor semitic religions to its highest goal as one of the greatest religions of the world finally the question of value remains in the effort to determine this we consult the judgment of past ages which has expressed itself in the process of canonization and in the history of interpretation we are then ready to consider the worth of the old testament and its religion for today this leads to an investigation regarding its contribution to the various coordinate subjects which go to make up a theological curriculum for example the study of the new testament church history systematic theology religious education and the like especially important is the question as to the degree to which the old testament contributes toward the upbuilding of character through the implantation of high ideals and the inspiration that comes from the consideration of the lives of its great men in the following pages the preceding program will guide our thought and enable us to bear in mind constantly the relation of the special topic under consideration to the larger subject as a whole end of chapter three part eight recording by eva easton slotesburg new york july 2011